Hi, and welcome to Fed Talks. I'm your host, EJ. Uh, I apologize if the sound is weird. I was having some microphone problems, and I have not been able to set up my nice uh, uh, sound shielding because uh, my current computer issues leave a very limited number of places I can put my computer to record due to its lack of battery life. And... Uh, with my current setup to use my, my soundproofing would involve me sitting on the floor for a protracted period of time. And I've worked hard to not have to sit on the floor unless I choose to. So uh, until I get this computer thing dealt with, my, my sound is a little off and I apologize for that. Always good to start with an apology. Leave them, leave them wanting less, they say. Uh, how's everybody doing? I hope the answer is good. Um, hey, I just have, you know what, this is going to be a, 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 mis a miscellany. I've always seen that word in print, but I don't know how to pronounce it. When, Like the, the noun form of miscellaneous, M miscellany, miscellany, I, I don't know. I don't think any person has ever pronounced that word before. We're all just puttering around trying to, trying to figure it out. So I record these on Tuesday night, and uh, Tuesday night is also the night I go to the laundromat. Uh, my my dryer broke right at the start of the pandemic, and uh, for a long time it was uh, appliances were super expensive during lockdown. Uh, probably supply chain stuff, which is what I say every time I don't understand the reason for something. It's always supply chain stuff. Um, and then there was the unpleasantness of having people in your house to install it. And now I'm just broke. So I have no dryer. I've spent much more using the laundromat than I have would have had to spend on a dryer. But, you know, I got a few dollars a day. I don't have a lot of those dollars at once. Um, the... So anyway, my, my point is, I do that on Tuesday night, and then I record. And whatever's going on in my life, uh, uh, depression-wise, there is no bleaker time of the week than the 45 minutes to an hour I spend at the laundromat on Tuesday night. It, it sucks. It is just so bleak. I am just sitting there falling into a spiral of self-doubt and recrimination. Um, because sometimes it's so busy and panicky, like panic-inducing, because I still don't like being around big groups. Not that I ever really did, but, you know, there, there's still stuff out there, man. Um, and there's, like, a lot of pandemic anxiety still, because that was the one thing I had to do if I wanted dry clothes uh, during the height of, of quarantine was I still had to go to the laundromat and uh, people in my neighborhood slash city slash state a little bit lax on the on the mask wearing even even at the at the most intense parts so every time I, you know I just got so much uh, like anxiety around that place, but 
sometimes like tonight there's nobody there and then it's the saddest place in the world because you're just the one son of a bitch in a laundromat on Tuesday night and every time I leave I am in just a horrible state of 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 ennui um so I every Tuesday night because I'm usually sound kind of down when I record and a lot of times it's because I just came from the laundromat and came face to face with my own mortality. Um, also, I'm generally kind of sad, but that's uh, 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 you know that's that's sort of a general thing. <laughs> you know what? Let me tell you this. Uh, I've been I've been pretty open about being, you know, when I'm dealing with depression and stuff, and. Uh, Last weekend, I went out to I went I went downtown, uh, and I generally don't go go downtown because you have to park in a ramp and pay for it, and everything's busy and everybody's young and cool. But I I uh, went down there because there's some places I like to eat, and uh, my friend Lana, who has been frequently mentioned on the show and will never listen to it, uh, is a very dear friend. Her friend Molly owns a bar slash restaurant downtown. Uh, in case you live in Grand Rapids, it's called Bar Devani. It's fancy. Check it out. And uh, like I, I, I know Molly. We get along. We, if you had to ask our general opinions on one another, they would be positive. But it's not like we we have a friend in common. It's you know we have both spent more time with our friend who currently lives on the other side of the country than we, you know, over the last few years than we have with one another. That's just, it's, you know, it's, it's not like we have a problem with one another. We're just, we, we're just sort of opposite sides of the same friend. Nothing, nothing but positive, uh, positive feelings. It's just, what are we going to do? Hang out? We enjoy nothing in common. We talk about Lana at first and then that would kind of be it. Um, that that all said, so you know, I I don't really get down there, and I always think, hey, I I should I should stop in and say hi to Molly, um, and I never do, or when I do, it's closed. Uh, you know, it's been hard times for restaurants lately. So last last week Friday, I or Saturday, it was one of those days. I actually just went and did it. I went down there, and I sort of don't expect her to remember me because. It's been years, and we weren't super tight or anything. And last time, last time she saw me, uh, I did not have a beard, and uh, uh, and I, I've lost a significant amount of weight in the last year. But last time I saw her was when I was at my largest. Uh, so I'm probably, I'm easily a hundred twenty pounds less than last time she saw me. Um. So I don't even expect her to remember me. I figured what I would do is stop in and have a drink. And if I saw her, I'd say hi. And she'd try to figure out who I am. And I'd be like, remember, I'm Lana's weird friend. And, uh, you know, and then I would I would be able to text Lana and say, I said, well, I saw Molly. She doesn't remember me. And it'd be fun for everybody. I made it in that I was one step in there before she ran up and hugged me, which was here, here's the thing. I've had physical contact with another person about twice in the last six months. And, you know, that's largely been, been my choice because I, I, I am a withdrawn man who is shy. 
but also it's those moments when you realize how lonely you've been. But uh, she recognized me right away and was very nice. And I bring up this story. The thing that reminded me was the thing she said was, Lana says you've been so happy. And I really don't think Lana's been following my vibe of late. <laughs> I, I I don't know if that's how you'd describe me to somebody. <laughs> EJ, boy, he has been really happy lately, right? <laughs> For contrast, when I was at the at the uh, laundromat today, I realized I had not read and reviewed my old issue of Daredevil for the day. And despite it being a 22-page comic that'll go pretty fast, and I write a two-sentence review, you know, it's going to be 25 minutes out of my life, it seemed like the most difficult thing anybody had ever been called upon to do. It was, it was, like, I felt like they told me I had to just go back to work and put it in another eight hours. Um, anyway, that's my mental state. Uh, you know, I mentioned work. Here's just a thing, and I, I'm I'm not smart enough to run with this the way maybe I should, but uh, we have to do uh, uh, cybersecurity training. Like once a year, you just you you have a score, and it just drops over the course of the year, and you have to get it up over a certain threshold. Although I suspect if you ignore it, there are no consequences for that. So. And some people get, they have to have the top score, so they take all the mini quizzes. And I don't care. I have stuff to do when I'm at work, man. Uh, so you, there's like this one big where you have to watch all these videos and then answer 20 questions and get a certain score. And this is, it is shockingly disrespectful of my time as a human being because these videos are, it's about half an hour total. But half of that is like, like there's a premise, and this was about uh, 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 cops who investigate cybercrime, and they have these where they interview somebody, and then they see, oh, he could have been responsible for the breach, and it's people just trying to act, and then you get a second video where it explains the lessons you learned there and what that actually means. So half of it is completely useless. And I even tried taking the test without watching any of the videos. And I got them all, but it doesn't register that I completed it unless I sit through the entire thing. And it sucks. I have to do it once a year, maybe twice a year. It feels like more often. Uh, there was one year there was a, a full six minute parody of American Pie that was about cybersecurity. The song, not the movie. Um, it, it's just miserable. This year, I noticed a change or a little shift uh, because it really sort of leaned into uh, like security breaches are were always kind of presented as being something from the outside. Uh, and you have to sort of take a like a like a passive role by not doing any dumb shit like clicking on clearly fraudulent links or, you know, just just don't be dumb and you'll be fine. And this really played up the danger within the company from disgruntled employees. <laughs> and it really emphasized everybody's role in narking on any fellow employee who they think might have an issue with the company. And 
it was it was really shocking just to see that that change in focus and have them be like yeah, yeah you you cannot trust your your uh your fellow employee there <laughs> if somebody hacks the system it's not because somebody clicked a bad link it's because somebody you work with is trying to bring the company down from the inside and that does seem very representative of where where corporate america is at this moment um it just i don't know it kind of it kind of struck me when when you actually see the <laughs> the 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 hellscape that american industry has become uh firsthand like that it was it was like that was never an issue before and this year all of a sudden it's like hey watch what your coworkers are doing and report them if there's anything suspicious I don't know. I didn't like it. Also, I don't pay any attention to my coworkers. I, ever since they spread us out for COVID safety, I have an office to myself that I used to share with two other people. Um, and, you know, I just fart away. But uh, so that's my observation about corporate America. Somebody smarter than me can, can make clever comparisons or something. I don't know. Look, they're not paying me for this. Um, hey, let's catch up on some, uh, I saw some trailers. Let's see. How about trailer talk? You into trailer talk, guys? Um, and obviously with no visual component, there's not, you're missing most of it. But I do, uh, the, the, the new season of The Mandalorian has a trailer. And it's, it, you know, it's Boba Fett walking around with Baby Yoda. I know that's not either of the characters' names, but, um, and... Like the man, I like the Mandalorian. It's fun to watch. I don't think about it when it's not on. Um, you know, I liked Andor way better. I might have liked Obi Wan Kenobi better. But you know, it's it's fine when it's on. I'll be like, hey, Mandalorian, and I will have fun for exactly nine weeks, for an hour a week, and then not think about it until season four. Uh, and mostly the trailer, you know, it's it's Baby Yoda and almost Boba Fett, but. There's also a bunch of other people in Boba Fett armor, which is the most boring part of the show. And also they're going to Mandalore and everything about Mandalore is just deathly dull. That's anytime it comes up, somebody talks about what metal represents and it is the most boring thing. So not great there. I do like that Carl Weathers appears in it and there's a separate shot of stew uh, because you know he's got a stew going. Um, Amy Sedaris says, may the force be with you, which is, which, which is very fun. The reason I, I even bring it up is, uh, you, you may remember, I don't know how you'd remember this. I don't know that I've talked about it. Uh, Star Wars, the rise of Skywalker, which is, it, it's definitely a flawed movie. It's not as bad as people think, or it's, it's better than it gets credit for being. It's not as good as it needed to be, but the times I've seen it, the, you know, like the normal people in the audience seem pretty pleased with it. And it's just the nerds who are grumpy. And I do tend more towards the nerds. It doesn't matter. Um, but the best thing about Rise of Skywalker is to uh, Carrie Russell's character, who should have her own Disney Plus series and for some reason doesn't. 
But then her friend, the weird little monkey man who modifies C-3PO, who's named Babu Frick, and mostly his thing is to say his name, Babu Frick, is great. I love him. He's so funny. He's this weird little man, and he shows up in the final battle for no reason. There is no reason why he should be on a on a on a, a ship with Carrie Russell. I love Babu Frick. He makes me laugh so hard. In in the trailer for The Mandalorian, there are two members of his species. Uh, no confirmation on whether they are Babu Frick. Either of them is Babu Frick, or even if that's the name of their species as opposed to the one guy. Um, I'm going to call them all Babu Frick, and in fact, two of them are Babu's Frick. But I cannot wait. I uh, the the episode with multiple Babu Fricks is uh, honestly gonna win an Emmy. Um, oh, there's it's been kind of kind of light for trailers of late, but um, have we talked about the Guardians of the Galaxy teaser? Which looks real good, uh, but also it makes it. I, I'm guessing at least two members of the team die. I think definitely Rocket and maybe Drax, based on the trailer. They're looking real shaky. Uh, I can see a world where the only survivors of the franchise, because, you know, James Gunn has said it's the last Guardians movie. He's going over to DC anyway, and nobody else can really do those characters like he does. I could see like Mantis and Nebula and maybe maybe Groot uh, moving over to an Avengers crossover, but I don't think we see those characters again. And I think Rocket's going to die and I will openly weep. Uh, but that's just the teaser, so we don't have a lot to work with. The new Ant-Man trailer, though. Holy smokes. Here, here's Here's... I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw some things out there, uh, and I may have said them in the past, but who can remember? Uh, I think it's gonna turn out that Shang Chi's ten rings are tied into Kang, because all of the architecture we see in his scenes is very ring based, and even in the trailer they talk about sending a signal, and in Shang Chi that's what the uh, Wong says they're sending a signal. So there's something related there. Uh, the main thing is Modoc is in this dang thing. Modoc, um, maybe he had a. There was a comedy stop motion Hulu series like two years ago for Modoc, where Pat Oswalt was the voice of Modoc. Um, it was very silly. It's a lot of fun. Uh, just, just. Straight up, Modoc is a guy with a big head and a spindly body, so he has to float around in this flying thing that is both a chair and a helmet. And he has mental powers that can kill you. And Modoc stands for mental organism designed only for killing, and he used to be a regular guy, and then they made his head too big for him to stand up. And he's the silliest guy, but he's also kind of awesome. And you can make him either like a sad, uh, sad sad dad sad divorced dad like in the tv show or like a a major threat but he's in it and you see two shots of him one of them he look it's he's he's cory stoll who played yellow jacket in the first ant-man so <laughs> somehow after getting after getting turned super tiny so tiny he crushed himself uh he now has a big head in the quantum verse and a little tiny body and he's modok which 
you know what? I got no problem with that. There's Modoc's comic origin is tied into a bunch of people and organizations that don't seem to exist in the movies, and there's not a real compelling reason to add them now just to get to Modoc. But also, this trailer makes it look like Ant-Man's going to die, which I cannot accept. And I realize they have to create stress in the trailers simply because, you know, that's the point of the trailer. But it's not like you've ever seen for a trailer for a Thor movie and thought, oh, Thor's not going to make it. Because I almost feel like if they want to sell Kang as a big villain, Ant-Man can't beat him in his first appearance, you know? And, and there's there there's this, which I could already tell is going to get me, the scene in the trailer where they're kind of grappling and... You know, he says, you can't win. And Ant-Man says, I, I don't have to win. I just have to make sure we both lose. And I am, I am, that's coming in a couple of weeks. And I am so worried. I should not be this worried about fictional superhero Ant-Man, but also he's my best friend. Um, It's, look, we'll do a special Ant-Man presentation when the movie comes out. Also, this kind of ties into it. I, I, I probably mentioned this before. Uh, my friend Becky, one of the Beckys, uh, her her niece and nephew, or nephew especially, her niece is more into, into dragons and weird animals that I don't want to touch. Um, but her nephew is super into uh, superheroes in the Marvel movies in particular and... Uh, they like he likes to watch videos, YouTube videos about them, and she thought I should make those. And I started thinking, yeah, that you know what, like when the when the trailer comes out, I can then make a a video going, hey, there, that's Modok there. This is who Modok is in the comic. This is what he looks like now. Here's some fun stuff, because a, a lot of those, I mean, a million people are doing it, but a lot of them are a little. Uh, sort of aggressive and gatekeepery. It's like this is all stuff you have to know, and you know. Whereas I just want to go, hey, this character's fun. Here's some fun things about him, because like those kids were just were just uh, tickled when I told them that one of the dragons in Shang Chi in the comics wears purple underpants and can talk. They loved that. So I think that would to do it more sort of a fun, uh, you know hey, this character is silly but also cool. Here's some stuff about him. Um, and then I, I also had an idea, because it, it breaks my heart that this kid thinks the DC characters are dumb just because their movies are bad. And I kind of want to do videos of, about uh, uh, some of my favorite weird characters who are not getting the proper amount of pop culture love. And just like introduce you to weird characters and be like, hey, this is... Uh, I was actually thinking of calling it Comics M Weird, uh, you know, which is how Bizarro talks. And just do, hey, check out this guy. This is Ultra the Multi-Alien. Each part of his body looks like a different alien race because he got shot by four aliens at the same time. Here's some good stuff about, you know, just really get into sort of... Because the weird characters are really getting forgotten now that people watch superhero movies. You know... Uh, which is not to say that Rocket Raccoon and Groot aren't two of the most famous, most recognizable characters in America. But 
There's just some dumb characters who deserve some love. Anyway, my point is, I thought, okay, I'm going to try to do that. But the the Guardians trailer, the main characters that they sort of introduce are in the trailer are Adam Warlock and the High Evolutionary, who I do not like. And I'm sure I like them in the movie. I got no beef with them. Uh, the The movies have been really good about getting characters I don't care about and uh, finding the angle that works. Um, and uh, the Guardians movies in particular. So it's not like I'm going, oh, God, Adam Warlock. I just don't have enough strong feelings about him to say stuff. But uh, obviously then when Ant-Man, the trailer comes out, hey, MODOK. So I tried to make a video where I tell kids about MODOK. And it sucks. It's so bad. Uh, I think I wrote a decent script for it. I The video looks like crap. I'm so bad at it. It's not something I even intended to show because by the time I can make it look decent, it will be, the movie will have come out. So, But I just need to know so I can kind of hit the ground running. And I'm, I'm so bad. It's miserable. I'm so bad at it. But I'm going to keep trying. I will make videos about weird superheroes. You just wait. Um, you know, to add to my list of projects I take on that have no audience and and no possibility of generating profit. Um, it's it's not a great system I've set up for myself, but here we are. Um, okay, so let's uh, uh, um, hey, one let before we get in the franchise report, as long as I'm talking about superheroes, uh, I would advise you, if you check out Instagram, EJ underscore Fettus, I am reading one issue of Daredevil every day and writing a short review of it. Um, and I'm finding out the early years of Daredevil were not very good. It was a very half-assed book. And a thing that jumps out at me is how anytime something changes, it's almost immediately reversed. Like an issue will end with, with uh, Daredevil's secret identity, Matt Murdock quitting his law firm because of, you know, he can't get past his feelings for Karen and uh, they need to be able to move into a smaller office anyway because they don't have clients because Stan Lee never figured out what a lawyer does. Um, and then, so it's like, okay, that sets up some ideas and it's immediately reversed. Like, none of the issues have been addressed, but then he, is uh, like, you know what, I'm, I am going to come back to work. Or early on, there's a whole, there's several pages of an issue devoted to him going, you know, I need a place to put my clothes when I'm dressed as Daredevil. I'm going to make a backpack. And then he makes a backpack and then tells us all how cool his backpack is. And then the next issue, he's like, maybe I shouldn't have a backpack. It's like, why? Why? You know, and they're they're flying by the seat of their pants. And the thing is, Stan Lee always talked about the illusion of change, which is you make it look like the status quo is always being shaken up, but you always stay at what people like. Um, and, you know, that got me thinking about other 60s Marvel stuff. And, you know, I think, I think Spider-Man is just an incredible book. And thinking about it that's actually how that worked too is there would seem like something would shake up the 
you know, it's like, oh, everything's going to be different now, but then it would revert. But the reason it works for Spider-Man, besides that he's he's a teenager and everything is always so intense all the time, is he has multiple branches of his supporting cast. Peter Parker has his classmates. He has the Daily Bugle, Daily Bugle, and he has his Aunt May. So when he is Peter Parker, he has three different groups of people he could interact with and they can rise and fall as the story dictates. Daredevil, I'm 24 issues in, has two supporting characters and they work in the same room with him. So he only has subplot and it's the same the same subplot for 24 issues now. And so when that doesn't move it's super apparent because there's nothing else to cut to. It's like, yep, everybody's still, these guys are both trying to date their secretary. Anyway, that's me telling Stan Lee what he did wrong 60 years ago. Get it, get it together, Stan. Um, speaking of, franchise report. Uh, this week, um, the Bourne Ultimatum, which... Is good. The Bourne movies are good. Uh, this one is especially connect. This is when Paul Greengrass is in his full uh, camera, moving everywhere, really shaky fight scenes. Um, it's got some great action scenes. It's got him driving off a roof. He's got that. Anytime somebody in a Bourne movie fights in an apartment, it's going to be so rad. The only thing is, I don't think these movies are meant to be watched in quick succession because. Plot-wise, you know, in terms of the them trying to hunt down Jason Bourne, it hits the same beats in every movie. He's always going to call the person who's leading the Jason Bourne task force and surprise them uh, and make it clear that he knows where they are. And you just hit these beats over and over. And Joan Allen's always trying to get them to listen to her because she knows better than anybody in the room. And they're not going to listen because they're dudes. And so, like, individually, great. A lot of, you know, a lot of, lot of great set pieces. And the intrigue is fun, but it's the same intrigue every entry. So these are, are not benefiting from uh, this speed rewatch like the, like the Bond movies did. Um, but next one is the one without Matt Damon, The Bourne Legacy. So just by that virtue of that, it has to shake up the formula a little. And then um, really wrapping up my my very long Marvel journey where I did all the all the mainline Marvel movies and then the Sam Raimi Spider-Mans. I'm wrapping it up with the animated Into the Spider-Verse Academy Award winner. I've said this at various points. It might be my favorite movie. It's kind of perfect. The the art in it is so beautiful, and the different the different styles and the like the different kinds of distortion and you know when all of the different Spider Men are are, are are drawn in a different style and they're all sharing sharing the frame. It's like it's aesthetically it's just beautiful, but the 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 it hits so many incredible emotional beats. Uh, I have said before, Spider-Man movies almost always make me cry, and this gets to 
everything that can get me in a Spider-Man movie. You know, there's the the how he's essentially birthed from from failure, and and you know the fact that as as much as he, all of his victories come at a cost, and um, you know, and, and God, it's so it's you know, and there and and you have those beats with both Miles and uh Peter Parker and well you know there's two Peter Parkers and one of them dies which is rough but then the sad Peter Parker um who's dealing with his own stuff they both they both kind of have this journey to go on and they both hit all those notes and it's it, it it's genuinely an amazing movie like I really do think it's it's one of my top favorites it's so it's so beautiful and smart and and, and funny and the just the 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 cool effects like when when miles gets after he's bit by the spider then you start seeing sound effects on screen and you have on screen captions and not, then he has an, eter, an internal monologue like it's it's really clever stuff and the the big fight at the end is gorgeous um and just the crazy, really extreme look to things, like like the design of Kingpin, where it's like there's no way that's too big to be a human being. Those those characters cannot possibly exist in the same world and be the same species. Um, great voice performances all around. It is a it's it's man, it's tremendous. If you've learned nothing else from me, check that movie out. It's so good. I didn't even mention Nicolas Cage as Spider-Man Noir, who is in black and white and is <laughs> and is always being windblown. <laughs> and he's super intense. And John Mulaney is Spider-Ham, a cartoon pig. God, it's perfect. Uh, and that kind of wraps up all the Marvel rewatching. I'm going to do the the two Hellboy movies over the next two weeks before we jump into the new. Uh, franchises, which will be Police Academy and Alien. That's going to make for some wildly disparate weeks. Um, hey, that's that's it for this week. Remember to check out teasebysummer.com. Um, great t-shirts and mugs. There's nothing I like better than having my line of mugs on the uh, on my desk at work. It's it's one of the very few sources of joy. Uh, in this uh, uh, <laughs> hellscape, uh, it's great. It's got a water bottle, uh, mugs, t-shirts. If you live in a nice climate, you can still wear t-shirts right now. If not, do like me and stock up for the for the winter months or winter months, summer months, summer with summer. That's what we're we're all shooting for. Teasebysummer.com buy stuff it's great um oh hey i'm coming up on my 100th episode i technically depending on what you look at i have i guess released more than 100 because there was an episode i released twice because i posted the wrong thing and some of the early uh guest episodes were not numbered so i have actually uh posted more than 100 but officially in terms of numbering, this is number 96. So we're coming up on 100. If you have any suggestions for what I should do for that, for my centennial, 
uh, let me know. You know, yeah, maybe I get a big guest. But the fact is, I'm, I'm still negotiating with my friend Becky to come on the show to talk about Patriot. If I can't, if I can't wangle a person I watch TV with, you know, that's... It's not like it's not like I have a lot of guest getting power, you know. Um, my friends have done it; they're great. Maybe I'll bring in bring in one of my one of a fan favorite. I don't know. I feel like there should be something I do. Um, oh, that reminds me of the thing I meant to talk about. It'll be next week. We're going to talk about the one hundred episode sitcom Till Death. Um because I was trying to research, I thought maybe a thing for the hundredth episode would be to talk about my favorite hundredth episodes. And most shows that I care about, the hundredth episode is nothing especially notable. But I learned a little about uh, the Brad Garrett sitcom Till Death, which uh, because of syndication and some accounting thing, they had to hit a hundred episodes and uh, things went a little bonkers. And maybe I'll talk about that next week. I was shocked. Maybe I'll see an episode of it before then. Um, anyway, email the show with your 100th episode suggestions. FedTalks at Yahoo.com. Uh, my Instagram, including the Daily Daredevil, is at EJ underscore Fettis. Twitter, EJ Fettis. Uh, TikTok, EJ Fettis. I posted a new... I don't remember if I posted a video since since the last episode, but I have a pretty recent one uh, that's kind of funny. Check it out. Uh, the A5 is where I write about TV and I'll do a monthly Daredevil report. A lot of Daredevil writing happening right now. Um, I think there's something else I meant to plug, but I forgot. I will talk to you next week. Thanks. Fed Talks is a Full Boys production. Wait, 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 wait.